rather than be like, hey, it's a one-year program. If I can go out and get them a 30-day win, what does that do for building out trust, buy-in from the organization? You know, what does that do to unlock budget? So it's like I move from a meeting that's a win to a to a switch offer that's a win mm. that unlocks the core offer. And now all of a sudden the budget that they wouldn't have had if I was selling a different way is found. Because because I've switched from, you know, skeptical vendor to trusted advisor. This is Digital Marketer. Hey, everyone. This is Marty Grass, the president of Digital Marketer. And this is the podcast that keeps you up to date on everything you need to know when it comes to digital marketing, from the platforms you'd be focused on to the kind of tactics and tools that are working today. Today, our guest is Kevin Barber, the head of growth at Lean Labs and an M3 member here at Digital Marketer. Welcome, Kevin. Hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> well, I was excited to have you. It's so funny. We just, uh, you know, we talked to the last M3 meeting and I was like, man, everybody here is awesome and has so much good material. You know, we do the uh, the contest, the, we call it Savvy Marketer Certified Partner, but, uh, you know, M3, we have the Wicked Smart and all of the concepts end up being just phenomenal and you want to implement all of them all the time. I'm like, wow, you should at least be on the podcast so people know what they are. So why don't we just start with uh, kind of the concept that you presented uh, at M3? Right. So uh, for the Wicked Smart, um, the old, one of the things that uh, we can talk about today is just like... You can do all the latest trends and we could talk about AI maybe later, right? But the the fact is if you can't sell a meeting, then you cannot sell your product, right? If you're if you're if you have a sales team and you're selling a fingers there's air quote high ticket product, right? So something that re- requires sales meetings, follow up, etc. If you can't sell a meeting, then you can't sell uh, your 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 product, your solution, your service. And and there's really three sales that you got to be able to make in order to have effective marketing. And, and the first one is you got to be able to sell a meeting. And, and oftentimes we put almost no effort into getting that meeting, setting up that quote, doing that demo, setting up a console and explaining the value, not of the product or service, but of the meeting, <laughs> right? And, uh, and what they're going to walk away with, whether they hire you or not, right? Yeah, it seems obvious, right? But but then if you go in and you're like, let's stop telling how smart we are about our product, but actually sell the, the insights that are going to come from a meeting, we can literally, that's a that's a lever that you can use to double the effectiveness of your marketing because you can get twice as many meetings, you know? Um, and then the, and the second thing is, is like the second sale you got to, you got to make is, you know, we tend to sell these long-term uh, solutions, right? Instead of a quick win. And the world that we're in is a fast moving world. And oftentimes you're going to be more successful in building trust and having a low risk offer with a quick win, mm. right? Uh, a so quick true. win that you can get someone, what, what's quick win? Two weeks to, you know, four weeks, something like that, 10 days to 30 days. Like, like sell me a small, like uh, this is really inspired by Ryan's tripwire, right? But I'm in high ticket B2B. Our, our average client pays us, you know, six figures a year, all of them. Uh, so like I can't send them a t-shirt uh, <laughs> and have that really connect with my offer very well. But what I can do is I can enroll them in a, in a one week win. That's an offer that we do. Right. So I'm going to get you a win in one week. Uh, and we, and we do a, uh, we do a four week go to market strategy and those convert substantially better than selling a one year program. And, and this applies not just to, to my type of business, but even if you're a software company, get me, get me a one week win. 
you know, give me insights, get me, get me set up and getting, seeing results immediately. And then the money will come, right? Mm-hmm. Because the trust has been established. The value has been seen uh, versus, oh, if you sign up for this and go through this entirely difficult onboarding process and move all of your data and basically <laughs> commit to us uh, with your time and effort, sweat and tears, then maybe it will work out for you at some point in the future. That's oftentimes what we're selling. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's it's such a, you know, it sounds obvious, but even just the selling the meeting where it's like, no, I'm going to sell them the product during the meeting and who cares if they don't get anything out of the meeting, then, you know, that's too bad. You know, the you, you knew I was trying to sell you during this meeting that we set up. So why would I try to do anything other than that? But combine that with a quick win and instead looking at the meeting as an opportunity to provide value right off the bat, establish your authority, uh, you know, show them that even during a free thing, now you say like selling the meeting, these aren't paid meetings, right? This isn't a paid consult. Typically not a paid first meeting, but we tend mm-hmm. to be moving towards a paid first project that just makes, mm-hmm. that enables us to not have, you know, sales chasing deals for seven months, right? Oh, yeah. uh, but have have that switch offer that gets you past that first dollar problem, right? And, uh, it, and, and marketing can work with sales to craft that offer. Um, you know, you don't have to wait for it to be granted upon you from on high. You can, you can work with your team to, to craft the offer, you know, yeah, that's, that makes so much sense. Now, when you say, uh, you know, the value that you actually provide during that first meeting, is it just, uh, kind of information that they could use within their business or, uh, to enhance their product or what's the, what's the value behind it? Yeah. So I have an opinion on this, if it's okay. Uh, sure. So I I believe that we kind of mess up our avatars, or if you want to call them personas or ideal customer profiles, like we tend to, we tend to get as marketers and, and Ryan's documents are ideal, but we still tend to mess it up. We tend to assume that they agree. They agree mm-hmm. with what we're thinking and what we're doing, but if they agreed, they'd already have a solution, right? So like they are a no, unless you change my mind. Right. Mm. So like the, the value of the call needs to tap into how they're thinking, why they're a no, right? W- what has been their experiences? What, what is their concern, their fears? How could they look bad? Right. Why would they not choose you? And, and it's really about understanding their beliefs, why they have those beliefs and changing them. That's the, that's the goal of the meeting is to give them a new perspective. Right. And if you can give them a new perspective and you can back that with, evidence results, you know, like you can, you can prove every point that you're making. You're not just talking in concepts, but you're giving concrete examples that apply to them. Then you're going to have a really effective meeting, right? Uh, a meeting that someone will thank you for, even if they can't afford you, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and if they can't afford you, sometimes they will go find the money. <laughs> They're like, <laughs> I know what I need to do now, you know? Uh, so that, that's really what we're talking about. Well, and, and on top of that, if you even if they can't afford you, if you just redirected them to the hey, you you're not ready for this yet. However, I have an online course, or we wrote a book, or anything else, then you could keep them hooked, and then you already convinced them of your authority and capabilities during that first meeting. So they're already mm-hmm. sold. They're they're lying in wait. They just need to. And I've I've won clients by having great meetings with people that couldn't afford me, and they sent referrals. Ah, like. Like you need to talk to, you need to talk to him, right? You need to talk to them. So, uh, so like, like that's the, I just view that as a rep and that's what we solidify in our team, which is if you're talking with someone who's, you, you discover they're not quite qualified, crush it for them because they have friends, you know? Uh, and, uh, and so that's, that's the mindset that we go into that with, um, 
And then like, as it pertains to like, oh, this seems obvious, sell the meeting or, you know, get past the first dollar problem. Like, I think it's kind of like, although I'm not a uh, athletic person, but I think it's kind of like soccer or the NFL, which is you're really mastering the fundamentals, Hmm. right? You're mastering the fundamentals. There's not a lot of trick plays. It's blocking, tackling, snapping. It's, it's saving a step here. It's, you know, it's hitting your marks. Right. And, uh, and, and I think that's what marketing is and, and yes, new tools and changes. And we need, we need to adapt with the marketplace and what they expect in the, in the act of mastering the fundamentals and that meeting page that's or demo page or quote page, proposal page, consult page, that's not converting. You can do all the other widgets you want. If, if you can't sell a meeting, you know, you're going to, you're going to have a huge challenge. You're going to go through a giant webinar, but you can't sell the meeting right? Like we got to solve this problem. So, so that's basically the deal. I, I love it. Well, I think the first meeting is kind of representative of the entire process that you have in place. And, you know, with any kind of marketing, any inconsistencies are going to be realized by your audience and also by your employees. Because if you say like, oh, okay, we don't care about the first meeting, we're going to give that to the whatever salespeople, the second meetings where it's at. And so we're going to save the good stuff for that. And who cares? We'll just get the numbers down with the first meeting. We need to do a thousand a month and we'll get 50 of those. And so who cares? But, you know, if you don't have that cohesiveness with the entire program, then it's really, you know, not a program. It's a uh, components of a good system, not a whole system. Right. And if I could give one, one mind shift, it's just a switch from thinking about product or solution insights, everything that is great about you to market insights, which is everything that's going on with them. Mm. Right. So what what's going on with them? Where are they struggling? Where are they seeing problems? Where where are they hitting a, a roadblock? And if you can identify that they have that roadblock, then you can talk to them about the change they need to make in their organization to get around it. And then you can show them how you make that easy. Yeah. You well, know? or you could show them the lifetime approach, you know, because if, if you say like, hey, we have the solution, we have the system and we've proven it for 10 years in business or whatever, uh, it just doesn't matter because they're never going to get to that point because you didn't convince them on the front end, you know, and, and go with the topical stuff. It, it sounds obvious, but again, I think as marketers, we tend to look at like the entire picture and we're like, okay, well that matters, but not compared to the big hole. Whereas somebody like Ryan Reynolds of all people has realized that if you just make content, that's constantly topical, you're going to win because people know you're relevant. And I think now we're becoming this kind of hyper relevant, uh, information consumers where if it's not something that's happened recently, then who cares? Because everything is changing anyways. So I think, right. uh, you know, you guys are, are spot on. And I think it's starting to reflect in all content that's being created that if you're not coming up with the initial approach and the initial wow, then nobody's going to waste their time to figure you out. Right. Yeah. And you need to, you need to back up that meeting with, you know, an insight that leads to a second meeting, which is how you can get them a quick win. And like in my business, you know, we, we call ourselves, uh, an outsourced growth team, but we, we operate in the structure and, you know, of an agency, right? Mm. So we're an agency. We do, we help companies make their marketing profitable so they can scale. Right. But the, the fact is, is that rather than be like, Hey, it's a one-year program. If I can go out and get them a 30 day win, what does that do for building out trust buy-in from the organization? 
you know, what does that do to unlock budget? So it's like I move from a meeting that's a win to a to a switch offer that's a win mm. that unlocks the core offer. And now all of a sudden the budget that they wouldn't have had if I was selling a different way is found because because I've switched from, you know, skeptical vendor to trusted advisor. That makes sense. So like well, yeah. and that applies. I I work mostly with software and tech companies, right? Mm-hmm. It applies to them as much as it applies to any agency. You know? So true. I hate to interrupt our podcast, but I have an announcement about Digital Marketers content certification. Content without a content marketing strategy is an expensive mistake, but it's one that most businesses are making. When it comes to content marketing, all content should be created with a clear purpose to move a customer or potential customer along the customer value journey. That's why you need Digital Marketers Content Mastery Certification. You'll learn how to leverage a complete content system to strategize, create, and distribute content that just plain works. When you become a certified content marketing strategist, you'll master the craft of systematically creating and promoting content that drives noticeable revenue for any business, and you'll get a badge to prove it. Learn more right now at digitalmarketer.com slash content cert. Well, I think for, you know, a lot of uh, agencies, it is tough to, to kind of establish that quick win because a lot of people want to set up their entire strategy. They want to set up all the accounts. They want to do all these things. Um, so how do you, you know, because you're talking about six-figure clients, how do you get a six-figure client a quick win within a week or four weeks like you're talking about? Is it a, um, you know, KPI result or, uh, you know, a metric of growth? How, how does it work? Right. So every company starting in a different place. So for like our one week win, we have a few different offers, right? So in the, uh, uh, depending on where they are. So the first thing we do is we look at their analytics because generally one, where there's about five things we're looking for. Do they have a, I'm not going to be able to drive a flood of traffic into what is most likely an underperforming offer in a week. Like I can't pull that off. Right. But what I can do is I can split test three versions of the offer. Right. And I can set up something that goes out to their list to, you know, test that offer, I can show them the results. I'm like, what if you ran a test like this every, every two weeks, mm. heaven forbid, I, I gave them half the tempo because the tempo is every week, right? <laughs> but if we did it every two weeks, like imagine where we'd be in 30, 60 days, just when they see the results of, of a simple test, right? Like here's a different approach, here's different language. But normally what that comes from is after listening to sales calls, like at the end of the mm. day, if it doesn't tap into customer desires, Right, what their thought, thinking, feeling, what their concerns are—that's what we do. We're so into yeah. our stuff that we just think if someone sees it, they're going to want to buy it. It's like, no, we need to get into their stuff. And when they see that we understand where they're struggling with and the 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 framework by which they're looking at your solution and all of your competitors, now all of a sudden you can be super insightful. Um, so so like what we tend to be doing with a win week win is we're working on how they can you know, demonstrate instant authority in their market, which they currently don't have. And we could, we gave them tools and the ability to go, we'll we'll run through one or two physical examples and we give them the tool to do more of it. And they're excited by it, right? So building reputation in key places, we'll show them the key place. Why? We'll help them get started and we'll give them a tool to go through it. Well, in one week, that's, that's a pretty big win. Do you have a retention system? Most, like if you never lost a customer, you can do nothing but grow. Well, how many companies have a retention system? They're Never already any. sold. They don't need to. 
take care of them. No customer will ever leave. <laughs> no customer will ever leave. They don't evaluate. Uh, we don't have a retention them. system. We don't have a referral system, right? Yeah. Uh, so like, so actually some of those, it's it's maybe the, the non-sexy stuff, but some of those com- core components can actually pay for marketing. You get that stuff mm. right, it'll pay for marketing. So uh, so that's where, generally where we go with one week wins because I can't do a strategic go-to-market rollout in a week. Uh, but what I can do is I can fund it. I can fund it with a few small wins. Oh, well, you know, the, the tip I love that you just said was that it's their win. You know, it's not what you think is a win because I think as, you know, as a marketer, you know, I used to design websites. I'd be like, this website's incredible. It's completely optimized. It looks great. The content's in there. It's getting traffic. Like, this is great. And then the client will come in and be like, no, I don't I don't like this. Like, there's something wrong with this. And it's, and it's a disconnect between what the marketer thinks is good or knows is good and what the client thinks is good or they're never right. right. But well, and, <laughs> no, and no, prior to are. Lean Labs, I was a web shop for a decade. Mm. And uh, and there's even a worse scenario than that, which is the client loves the website, but the market doesn't. <sighs> That's even so worse. True. So, like, if, if we're not, if we're not like your website's not for you, you don't actually have to like it. If the market does, you won't care. Right. So we gotta we gotta switch our paradigm on who this website's even for. Right. Mm. Uh, if I have to arm wrestle my client to get the insights uh, in front of the market that, that's going to engage and convert them and help me qualify sales ready leads instead of passing every crappy lead across the fence, like, hey, you're going to get less leads, but they're going to meet your buyer profile. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're going to make more money. <laughs> and, when, and when that's happening and we can follow up with the right leads faster, mm. then I'm going to bring you more leads. Right. And uh, like like those are the transitions that have to happen, especially in a, you know, in my type of space that I play in, which is the companies with sales teams selling, you know, expensive products and services, you know. Yeah. Well, that, but that, you know, overall, I think it's huge because if you just look and say, hey, what's a big win for them based on the things that they were griping about on the sales call, you win. And you just listen to them. And now now you could transition them to things that probably matter a lot more, but they're not going to understand those things in the first place. So you have to get them to that point. And one of those points is to get them a win or what they think is a win immediately or as soon as possible. Right. So like building your reputation is more important than ever. Like if you were to look at the, there's already, depending on which study you read, 88 or 95% of buyers read reviews before they'll connect with you. Okay, doesn't matter. 88 or 95%, it's like everyone. Yeah, pretty <laughs> so, much everyone. Like, uh, so like I'm checking out reviews for two seconds before I give you 30 or 60 minutes of my time. That seems logical. But then we don't go out and get reviews or if we get reviews, they're not the right reviews. They don't actually, they're not actually compelling. So like one of the one week wins is to show them how to get compelling reviews. You ask seven mm-hmm. questions, you put it into a new AI tool and it spits out a compelling before after bridge testimonial. Right. You get the customer to approve it. It gives you a long version, a short version, you know, and you, you trim it up, you have them approve it and it, and it goes live just like, uh, you know, with us as a HubSpot partner, uh, generally what they'll do is they'll send me over. Hey, Kevin, here's your quote. Are you good with it? Because they 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 want it to tell a certain story and that the quote is true. They're verifying with me that it is, but it does a certain job. We tend to just be like, oh, any review will do Hunt, patently untrue. Yes. Right. So like, so like, that's basically the deal. What we ought to do is when they read that first review, they got to be like, oh my gosh, that is me. Mm. 
that's the job of the review, you know? And, uh, and, and you, you are like, like those, those are some of the early wins that change everything. Now you put that on your homepage and now they realize, oh my gosh, this website and this company is for companies like me. Love that. Well, and for me, you know, whenever I got a new client, I'd always ask them to, you know, you know, how do you email? How many emails do you have? And, you know, some of them will be like, oh, I have 15,000 emails of past customers. I'm like, okay, how often do you email them? And half the time it was never like, oh, I don't want to spam people. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, guess what we're going to do first? And then I'm a god because I told you to send an email. To right. your past customers, you already spend money. <laughs> right. There's two answers. It's never or arguably the worst one, which I which I have Always. myself fall into too, which is only when I have an offer, only when I have an ask. Like I'm no. never making deposits to my list. I'm only making withdrawals. <laughs> um, so uh, so like those are the two challenges with the list. And but the fact is, is that all of your marketing, most people that you're marketing to, like less than 10% of them are actually buying something right now. Yeah. How so, do you buy a house? <laughs> right. So, so the goal is to get them on the list of value add. So you're top of mind when the time comes. Top of mind and top of inbox. So, Love it. Yeah. Well, I probably you, don't send. I probably don't send enough emails. I hate email. But uh, so, uh, so I don't tend to send a ton. <laughs> you know what's funny is I I've only joined the hate email camp in the last like six months or so. But it's because I my email is just like I get ten thousand a day. I'm like I have Slack. For people who know me, and then I have... That's what my email says at the bottom. FYI, I'm not responsive to emails. For everyone that has access, hit me on Slack. That's what it says at the bottom of my emails. Because otherwise, uh, I don't actually check my own email anymore. Someone else checks it for me, and they kind of filter out the ones. But we miss some. It happens. There's a cost to that. So, But no, that's... uh, Yeah, that's that's how you do business. But But you did open uh, the box... Yeah, I have 8,924 unread emails in my inbox. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to inbox zero. <laughs> all right, here's my my 200,000 unopened emails. <laughs> I'm like, I'm never going to catch up. I'll probably do the, the email bankruptcy where I'm like, I'm just going to wipe out everything and then start over. And now I'll start checking emails. But even that, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do anytime right. soon. You know? So at but, the end but, of the day, like, I think what we've established is that uh, marketing people with email only is <laughs> <laughs> strategy. Other people use email, you know, we're uh, we're Slack people now. Uh, but you did talk about AI. So I figured that's a good way to, to kind of segue. Uh, you know, you do have all these processes. You obviously have thought out your entire sales process and, and how it all functions in regards to quick wins and the first meeting versus second meeting. Um, how are you starting to integrate AI into that process or just your company in general? Right. So the first thing is that um, if we can see the trend of where this is going, making content that is mediocre has never been easier because you can just use AI. So we're about to move into an increasing, you thought it was noisy? Oh my gosh, where will <laughs> we be in a year? It's going to be a noisy world. And uh, if you've played with AI for five seconds, you'll know that it really likes to guess. Uh, one of my own team members sent me a bio for something that we're releasing for an event. And it and it said, you know, Kevin Barber, head of growth at Lean Labs, former CEO at whatever. And I'm like, I've never heard of this company. She's like, uh, uh, she's like, well, I've got the first part of the bio right and the second part wrong. Right. Um, and like we're gonna become massively distrustful of information that we see, we're going to be distrustful of the companies that we're hearing about for the first time. So 
um, because of one, we already have that. They're already checking you out in your reviews, 88 to 95%. But now it's going to be even more important. So the first AI tool that we've been building is one to build the reputation, to build really great reputations. Uh, And like I I mentioned already, getting that raving uh, recommendation testimonial from existing customers. Right. Uh, the second, the second thing we're doing is we're utilizing an AI tool to start tracking results so that we can present, you know, quarterly results across large swaths of clients. Okay. Right. Because um, if you can, you know, like the difference between selling a course online and you know going to a university is really the reputation and the data. Right. So like, it, I want to be able to demonstrate the data of the results that we're getting, and uh, and oftentimes those are the things that are kicked to the back. Uh, the third thing that we're doing is we're putting all of our scripts, video scripts, blog posts, sales pages through a script scrutinizer that I built. And it says, here, here are questions the user is likely to ask. Here are illustrations and examples that would make this more tangible, right? Here are areas you could cut. Literally last night, it, I, I ask it to throw in an emoji to to keep it fun while it's scrutinizing your stuff. Last night on my own video, it said that you could probably cut between two minutes and three minutes as you t- as you talk about yourself. And then it gave me the sleeping emoji. I'm like, I'm putting AI to sleep. <laughs> so yes, I will be reshooting that video today. Uh, and uh, and and then it, it, like we can use it to analyze. It's a great. It's a great language processor. Like, I want to not let us think that AI is actually artificial intelligence. What is another word for artificial, by the way? It's like fake. It's fake intelligence. Fake intelligence. <laughs> uh, but what <laughs> it really is, is intelligence augmentation. I think it's IA. It's intelligent augmentation. The, oh. more, the more you can bring it insights and ask it, this is what I have. This is what I'm going for. Uh, it can see what you're trying to do and it can augment it. It can give you insights and best practices and you can build that as a system for your team to enable them to do great work faster. And that's going to, that's, I would say that's going to give you an edge, but this is evolving so quickly that you have to do this to keep up to speed. You know what I mean? So true. No, I want, I, I love the the concept of IA, you know, augmentation. Cause you know, what I really like about AI is the, fact that it's uh, kind of an aggregate of all the data. So you're getting like an average of the data versus if I went to any, you know, authority on the matter, I get their opinion essentially. And then maybe I do 10 and I have 10 opinions about the situation. Whereas here's the entire database of all the information. So not only is it less biased, it's always going to be biased, but it's less biased and it doesn't care. It's not me asking my mom to review my paper and her being like, yeah, it's great. I love it. Versus, uh, you know, just an unfeeling machine where it's like, yeah, you're boring the crap out of everyone. I don't know why anybody hasn't told you this. And it's like, oh, because they're right. nice. They're being nice. Right. <laughs> yeah. So like before we go make any piece of content now, we run it through the, it's called the boss mode brainstorm. I like alliteration. So anyways, script scrutinizer, boss mode brainstorm. But the, the deal it. is like, here's who our target customer is. Here's what I want to make. Here are the likely questions they're going to ask. Here are the objections they're going to raise. Here's where they're going to have doubts. Here's where they think it's not going to apply to them. And I have that before I wrote a word. I just have a title, right? And now I can implement those insights because I'm I'm training it on my customer. Mm-hmm. And, and so that it can give me likely pushback from my customer. So I can address it in the article, right? In the article, in the video, and on the page. Uh, that's how we're leveraging it a lot right now. Uh, it's It's not AI. Don't bring me content. 
it's IA. Bring the insights that lets me make better content. So awesome. No, I, I can't echo that enough because I, I found the same thing. Whereas if, yeah, you can do a service that creates an entire article out of almost nothing. However, how much of that is actually you? How does it reflect your brand? How does it reflect your insights? And it was all, actually even before AI, I had a problem with people who would outsource all their content generation and not review it before putting it on their website. Because I was like, you know, you need to stick to whatever this article says. Otherwise, you're disagreeing with something that you published which isn't a good thing to do, <laughs> you know, right. so, especially right. with, with doctors, dentists, you know, cause I worked in healthcare and I was like, do you agree with this procedure? Like, what's your actual opinion? And a lot of times I talk to a doctor and they'd be like, oh no, I would never recommend that. I'm like, well, it's on your website. According to your website, you would. So what's real. Right. So I, th- I think the augmentation is the best use of it and yeah. uh, really practical. Right. And what, what happens is, is like, so like I'm making a video, it's a really important video. It's our number one lead magnet. Uh, it converts really well, but the first segment of it, which is a six minute video, it's not as tight as, as it could be and should be. And the numbers of the drop-off rate demonstrate that, right? Everyone that makes it through that loves the rest, but I have a big drop-off. Well, I'm utilizing AI to show me everything that's wrong with it. It's analyzing my script and it's proposing new ways to package it. And now what I'm doing is I'm building that into a prompt that will enable it to not only work for me on my next videos, but work for the team. Like that's what we need to do. It's intelligence augmentation. How can it help me package my insight in a better way that will be more engaging to my target audience? Like, and yeah, I'll be honest. I could use some help with that if uh, (laughs) like, like. How long well, are Kevin's videos? Boss. How long do you have? How long yeah. do you have? <laughs> so, uh, so anyways, that's uh, like that's how we need to be utilizing it. And we need to be working with friends. Like show and tells um, are happening regularly to be like, this is how we're utilizing it. This is the results that we're seeing. And do show and tells with other peers in or outside of your industry to see how they're using it. Because that's, that's the brainstorm is seeing how someone's using it productively. Yeah. Well, I, I think your intelligence augmentation, I think that's a fantastic term that you should probably trademark sooner than later if you haven't thought about that already. Uh, but no, I mean, just the the insights that you get from it and and as like a spokesperson or uh, you know, a manager or an owner of a company, a lot of times you can't get the feedback that you want from people that you employ because they don't want to piss you off or they don't want to get on your bad side. Or even if you say you really appreciate their insights, you might judge them and be like, oh yeah, well, you're the one that said my hair was crammy that day. <laughs> you know, who knows what it is, but you know, if you use AI, then you start to get less of the, um, I don't know, it's not negative feedback. It's almost like non-feedback that a lot of people will provide just because of their relationship with you. So I, I think that's, that's huge. And uh, your term I love. So definitely publish. Right. Well, I think that. Send me an article about that. <laughs> Yeah. So like here, here's a practical use of AI, right? So like we, we believe that there, we have like four types of homepages that kind of all do the same thing in a different way. Right. So now what we've done is we've spent a little bit of time deconstructing those homepages. I mean, we build them off of our own framework all the time, right? We deconstructed it. We put it into AI to where it can generate one of those homepages. Now we can literally answer some questions about a new client and we can generate four B minus to B plus homepages in five minutes. And then we get to spend all of our brain power seeing what's strong about it, what's weak about it and refining that versus spending hours just to get to draft one. Like, and, and some people will utilize AI to try to be 
to do less good work and do cheap work fast. But, but I think that you use IA in order to do amazing work that otherwise you generally didn't have the capacity for. So being able to get to, to four B drafts in five minutes and then start cutting and refining and improving from there is what you need if you want to compete, you know, in the next year, right? Because there's going to be marketers that are doing that. No, you know? yeah. well, uh, it's shocking how you can get to a B minus in five minutes. And then like, and if I had five minutes more, I can get this to a B plus. Um, I'm 10 minutes in. Oh, yeah. You know? Well, for some stuff, because I've written articles now in an hour or two that may have taken me a week before to conceptualize, do the research, come up with the, you know, the framework I want. Now I can do all of that almost instantly, the research part and the the ideation part. And it's it's still my content and it's still my concepts, but I it's so much faster and so much better because I was able to leverage uh AI or IA, like you're saying. So there you go. The, Love the concepts. Uh, you should definitely uh, send me an article about AI and the entire concept. So that we should do can... like a practical walkthrough sometime. Like we'll do it at the M3s. I'm sure that'll be. Oh, yeah. There trend. you go. Hey, we got September's coming up uh, way too fast. Like I'm freight sure, train. So. <laughs> so, yeah, let's definitely talk about that. Uh, but this has been great, Kevin. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for uh, your insights about, you know, especially that first meeting, because I think it is easy to overlook the importance of establishing the quick wins, establishing your relationship with the customer and really identifying uh, what a win is for them and how you could help them accomplish it as soon as possible to establish your six figure, you know, long term clients. So fantastic insights. All right. I appreciate it. Uh, This is a lot of fun. And uh, I love the M3 community. Thank you for that. Uh, I love being able to come in and get insights that advance my business. Well, you guys uh, are what make M3 uh, so vital and and uh, so much good information coming out of there is, is, you know, people like you who are constantly coming up and testing the idea. So thank you for that. Uh, in the meantime, before we get that next meeting, uh, where can people learn more about you? Uh, so you can uh, learn about me, connect on LinkedIn, Kevin Barber, or if you type in thekevinbarber.com, it links to the different companies that I work with, and you can get in touch with me through that too. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kevin. And we will definitely have you on soon. And hopefully we'll be putting out that article about uh, IA in the near future. Sounds great. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to hit that follow button so you can notify when all of our new episodes release. Please share this with that friend who's clueless about digital marketing. And don't forget to visit digitalmarketer.com where you can access all of our courses, certifications, and training programs. Thanks again, everyone. And we'll see you next time. This is Digital Marketer. Get ready for the two easiest ways for you to generate product photos for your e-commerce store. I'm Lauren Petrullo, founder and CEO of Mongoose Media and Digital Marketer Academy faculty member. I've managed over 50,000 SKUs for over 100 different e-commerce sites, and I cannot tell you the importance of quality product photos. Not only are they important for your website, but they're great to be repurposed in your email marketing campaigns, your paid ad initiatives, and your organic social media content. It's imperative that you have great photos because great photos sell your products and start conversations with your consumers. There are two great solutions when seeking out quality product photos for your e-commerce site. One, UGC. We know that native user-generated content wins all day on social. When you can get your customers 
to share back their use of your products in their voice, in their personal applications, you will see dividends when that is repurposed in your paid ads and organic social feeds. Secondly, don't have customers or UGC yet? Not a problem. There are cost-effective solutions in which you can outsource that photography. This and so much more is covered in my modules in our e-commerce cert with Digital Marketer.